The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss the Ark of the Covenant, the receptacle that was built to hold the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are a set of moral and religious laws that are central to Judaism and Christianity. According to the Bible, the Ten Commandments were given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai and are considered to be the foundation of Jewish and Christian ethical and moral beliefs, instructing people in their relationship with God and in their relationships with each other. We're going to start things off by looking at five occult theories about what the Ark of the Covenant truly is. Following that, we are going to look at the life of Moses, beginning with his inauspicious birth and his serendipitous adoption into the Egyptian royal family. This will take us to the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and their journey to Mount Sinai where Moses received the Ten Commandments. The Ark was built shortly thereafter to house the Ten Commandments and, after forty long years of wandering in the wilderness, was eventually brought to the land of Canaan, the land promised to the Israelites by God. We'll see how the Ark was instrumental in securing a number of military victories for the Israelites, allowing them to conquer the land that was promised to them so long ago, how it was captured by the Philistines, and how the wrongful possession of it brought nothing but devastation to the Philistines, who eventually returned it, along with a bounty of compensatory gold. Finally, we're going to wrap up the video with what could be called the Ark's final chapter, its transportation to Jerusalem, its disappearance when Jerusalem was sacked by the Babylonians, and a few theories that speak to where the Ark might be today. Let's get into it. Alright, here are five occult theories about what the Ark truly is. 1. The Ark is a powerful source of energy. Some occultists believe that the Ark of the Covenant is a powerful source of energy that can be harnessed for magical purposes. They believe that the Ark emits a strong electromagnetic field that can be used for healing, telepathy, and other forms of psychic phenomena. 2. The Ark is a portal to other dimensions. According to some occultists, the Ark of the Covenant is a portal to other dimensions or parallel universes. They believe that the Ark can be used to travel through time and space, and to access other realms of existence. 3. The Ark is a tool for divination. Some occultists believe that the Ark of the Covenant can be used for divination and prophecy. They claim that the Ark has the power to reveal hidden knowledge and secrets to those who possess it, and that it can be used to communicate with divine beings. 4. The Ark is a symbol of spiritual unity. Some occultists view the Ark of the Covenant as a symbol of spiritual unity and the convergence of diverse spiritual traditions. They believe that the Ark represents the unification of different religious and mystical paths, and that it can be used to bring people of different faiths together in a common spiritual purpose. 5. The Ark is a source of esoteric knowledge. Finally, some occultists believe that the Ark of the Covenant contains esoteric knowledge and wisdom it has been hidden from the public for centuries. They claim that the true purpose of the Ark is to reveal this knowledge to those who are spiritually ready to receive it. Beyond these, there are also theories that venture into extraterrestrial territory. 
There is a fringe theory that suggests the Ark of the Covenant may have had extraterrestrial origins. This theory proposes the Ark was a technological device created by an ancient civilization that had advanced knowledge far beyond even what humanity is capable of in the present day. Supporters of this theory point to various elements of the Ark's description in the Bible, such as its supposed ability to produce bolts of lightning or to kill those who touched it, as evidence that it was a sophisticated piece of technology that could only have come from an incredibly advanced spacefaring civilization. Some proponents of the theory even suggest that the Ark may have been some kind of communication device or portal that allowed for contact with extraterrestrial beings. With the occult and extraterrestrial aspects covered, or at least touched on, we're going to dive into the biblical account, beginning with the life of Moses, who received the Ten Commandments from God and was the prophet who relayed God's instruction, which was to build an ark to house the Ten Commandments to the Israelites. Moses was born into slavery in Egypt. In an effort to control the population of the Hebrew people, at this time a slave force that existed under the hegemony of the Egyptian Empire, the Pharaoh ordered the killing of Hebrew baby boys so as to call the proliferating Hebrew population. Moses was saved as an infant when his mother placed him in a basket and set him adrift on the Nile River. He was later adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter and raised as an Egyptian prince. As an adult, Moses became troubled by the mistreatment of the Hebrews by the Egyptians. One day, he witnessed an Egyptian overseer beating a Hebrew slave, and the sight drove him to kill the overseer in a fit of rage. Fearing retribution for the murder he had perpetrated, Moses fled to the desert, where he lived as a shepherd for many years. While in the wilderness, Moses experienced a divine encounter with God, who directed him to go back to Egypt and emancipate the Israelites from enslavement. Assisted by his brother Aaron, Moses challenged Pharaoh, insisting on the liberation of the Israelite people. As Pharaoh resisted, God unleashed a sequence of calamities, the ten plagues, on the Egyptians, ultimately leading to the demise of all firstborn sons, both human and animal. Finally, Pharaoh, having lost his own firstborn son, relented and allowed the Israelites to leave Egypt. Moses led the Israelites out of slavery and across the Red Sea, with God providing a miraculous escape from Pharaoh's pursuing army, the Pharaoh having changed his mind, his heart hardening, now filled with a burning desire to run down the Israelites and destroy them. Of course, this ended in catastrophe for him when the sea closed in again and crushed him and his army. After the Israelites left Egypt, they embarked on a journey through the wilderness. Along the way, they faced many challenges and obstacles, including hunger, thirst, and attacks from hostile tribes. These challenges notwithstanding, the Israelites continued to trust God and follow Moses' leadership. Their hunger was sated by manna, a divine food that God provided, and their thirst was slaked by water produced from a rock that Moses struck with his staff. After an unspecified period, the Israelites arrived at Mount Sinai, where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which were inscribed on two stone tablets. When Moses returned from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments in hand, he found that the Israelites had turned away from God and were worshipping a golden calf that they had made from their jewelry. Moses was angry and threw the tablets to the ground, shattering them into pieces. 
He then confronted the Israelites and rebuked them for their disobedience and idolatry. After this confrontation, Moses went back up to Mount Sinai to ask God for forgiveness and to receive a new set of tablets. God granted Moses' request, and he descended from the mountain with a new set of tablets, which were identical to the first set. The Israelites repented of their sin and reestablished their covenant with God. Moses led the Israelites in building the tabernacle, a portable sanctuary that was used for worship and sacrifice. The tabernacle was the center of Israelite religious life, and it was where the Ten Commandments were kept. Around the time the first tabernacle was erected, Moses, himself ordered by God, ordered the construction of an ark to house the Ten Commandments, this container becoming known as the Ark of the Covenant. Here's the passage from the Bible that describes who built the ark. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Oholiab of the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given ability to all skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. God also imparted detailed information about the ark, what dimensions it should be, what materials should be used, and what it should look like. Here are the passages. Have them make an ark of Acadia wood, two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of Acadia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark. They are not to be removed. Then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law, which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide, and make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on one end and the second cherub on the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upward, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other, looking toward the cover. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant law that I will give you. There, above the cover between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the covenant law, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. Once the ark was built and the Ten Commandments could be transported with the safety and reverence they necessitated, the Israelites, led by Moses, made their way to Canaan, an ancient region in the Middle East that encompassed parts of modern-day Israel, Palestine, Lebanon, and Jordan. The region was located on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean Sea and it was known for its fertile land and strategic location on trade routes between Africa, Asia, and Europe. The Israelites went to Canaan, 
because it was the land that God had promised to give them. God having promised it to Abraham, as can be seen from this verse. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. Unfortunately, this wasn't a journey that took weeks or months. Rather, it took 40 long years, wandering in the wilderness all the while, a difficult time marked by challenges and rebellions. Because of a few instances of disobedience, Moses wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land. He climbed to the top of Mount Nebo and was able to see the land from a distance before he died at the age of 120. Before his death, Moses appointed Joshua as his successor and instructed him to be strong and courageous in leading the Israelites into the promised land. Joshua was a military leader and had already gained experience in battle as a commander of the Israelite army. After Moses' death, Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan River and began the conquest of Canaan. According to the biblical account, the Ark of the Covenant was a powerful symbol of God's presence and protection for the Israelites as they conquered the land of Canaan. Here is a summary of how the Ark was used during this time. 1. Crossing the Jordan River When the Israelites first entered the land of Canaan under the leadership of Joshua, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant led the way. As they approached the Jordan River, the waters parted allowing the Israelites to cross on dry land. 2. Conquering Jericho The Israelites' first major victory in Canaan was the city of Jericho. According to the Bible, the Israelites marched around the city once a day for six days, with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. On the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times, and when the priests blew their trumpets, the walls of Jericho fell down allowing the Israelites to conquer the city. 3. The Battle of Ai After the victory at Jericho, the Israelites suffered a defeat at the city of Ai. It was discovered that one of the Israelites, Aiken, had taken some of the spoils of war for himself in direct disobedience to God's commands. After Aiken was punished, the Israelites were able to defeat the city of Ai with the help of the Ark of the Covenant. 4. Other battles. The Ark of the Covenant was also present during other battles as the Israelites conquered the land of Canaan. It was often carried into battle as a symbol of God's presence and power and was believed to have helped the Israelites achieve victory. This takes us to the Philistines, who were an ancient people who inhabited the southern coastal region of Canaan, known as Philistia, between the 12th and 7th centuries BC. They frequently clashed with the Israelites. The story of the Philistines capturing the Ark of the Covenant, their subsequent misfortune, and the Ark's eventual return to the Israelites is described in the first book of Samuel in the Old Testament. The Philistines captured the Ark during a battle against the Israelites at Ebenezer. The Israelites had brought the Ark to the battlefield, hoping that it would ensure their victory. However, they were defeated and the Ark was taken by the Philistines. After capturing the Ark, the Philistines took it to Ashdod and placed it in the temple of their god, Dagon. The next day, they found the statue of Dagon fallen down before the Ark. They set the statue upright, but the following day they found it fallen again, with its head and hands broken off. The Philistines in Ashdod began to suffer from tumors and plagues 
and they attributed these afflictions to the presence of the ark. They moved the ark to other cities, but the people in those cities also experienced outbreaks of tumors and plagues. Realizing that they could not keep the ark any longer, the Philistine leaders decided to send it back to the Israelites. They placed the ark on a cart, along with a guilt offering of five golden tumors and five golden rats, representing the five Philistine cities. They hitched two cows to the cart and sent it to the Israelites without a driver. The cows took the ark directly to the town of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh rejoiced at the return of the ark, but suffered a tragedy when some of them looked inside it and were struck dead. The ark was then taken to Kiriath-Jearim, where it remained for 20 years before King David, who ruled over the United Kingdom of Israel around 1000 BC, had it moved to Jerusalem. Moving the ark to Jerusalem took two attempts. The first time, a man named Uzzah was sent. As the procession moved towards Jerusalem, the oxen stumbled, causing the ark to shake. Uzzah instinctively reached out to steady the ark, but as soon as he touched it, God struck him down for his irreverence. Uzzah died on the spot. This event is sometimes called the breach of Uzzah, or Uzzah's error. David was initially angry and fearful of God's judgment following the incident with Uzzah. Consequently, he decided not to bring the ark to Jerusalem at that time and instead temporarily placed it in the house of Obed-Edom. After three months, when David learned that God had blessed Obed-Edom's household due to the presence of the ark, he made a second successful attempt to bring the ark to Jerusalem, this time with greater reverence and adherence to the proper rituals. David's son, Solomon, succeeded him as king around 970 BC and built the first temple in Jerusalem to house the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was placed in the inner sanctum of the temple, known as the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest was allowed to enter once a year on Yom Kippur. The Ark remained in the first temple for several centuries. In 586 BC, the Babylonians, led by King Nebuchadnezzar II, sacked Jerusalem and destroyed the first temple. This event marked the beginning of the Babylonian exile for the Israelites. It is unclear what happened to the ark during this time. The Bible does not provide an explicit account of its fate. Some theories suggest that the ark was destroyed or taken by the Babylonians, while others propose that it was hidden by the Israelites to prevent it from being desecrated or captured. The Persian king, Cyrus the Great, allowed the Israelites to return to Jerusalem in 539 BC and rebuild the temple. The second temple was completed in 515 BC, but there is no mention of the Ark in biblical accounts of this period. It is generally believed that the Ark was not present in the second temple and its whereabouts remain unknown. The fate of the Ark of the Covenant after the destruction of the first temple by the Babylonians in 586 BC is unknown and remains a subject of speculation and mystery. The Bible does not provide a clear account of what happened to the Ark after the first temple was destroyed. There are several theories and legends regarding the whereabouts of the Ark. Here are four examples. 1. Hidden in a secret location some believe that the ark was hidden by the priests or the prophet Jeremiah before the Babylonians destroyed the temple to protect it from being captured or desecrated. 
One theory suggests that the Ark was hidden in a secret chamber beneath the Temple Mount or somewhere else in Jerusalem. Another theory proposes that it was taken to a cave on Mount Nebo where Jeremiah was said to have hidden it. 2. Taken to Babylon Another theory is that the Ark was captured by the Babylonians and taken to Babylon along with other valuable items from the Temple. However, the Ark is not mentioned in the lists of items taken from the Temple by the Babylonians in the Biblical accounts. 3. Taken to Ethiopia According to Ethiopian tradition, the Ark was brought to Ethiopia by Menelik I, the son of King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. The Ark is said to be kept in the church of Our Lady Mary of Zion in Akzum, Ethiopia. However, there is no concrete evidence to support this claim and the Ethiopian Orthodox Church has never allowed independent verification of the presence of the Ark within the church. 4. Divine Intervention Some believe that the Ark was taken up to heaven or hidden by divine intervention to protect it until the time it will be revealed again. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.